Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Hey guys, it's Philip Teresi. Thank you for listening to the Afternoon Drive podcast with myself and E. Curtis Johnson. I want you to do me a favor. Rate and review the podcast, especially if you are an Apple Podcasts user. It helps a lot. It increases our visibility. It helps other people to find not just our podcast, but everything from the KMJ family of podcasts. Enjoy the show. Thank you very much for listening. And if you can take just a minute to rate and review KMJ's Afternoon Drive, however you listen to your podcast. It is sincerely appreciated. 2.06 on your Wednesday afternoon. KMJ, KMJnow.com, and wherever you stream. Phones are open at 490-5858. Toll free, 800-776-5858. Find the program on social media at DriveKMJ as I join E. Curtis Johnson in the KMJ studios. Hello, Philip. Hello, KMJ listeners. Got a lot to do this afternoon, uh, not the least of which is bringing you the final national keyword for the Fountain Blue Las Vegas Big Game Flyaway Viewing Party. 505, we are going to have one more keyword. When you hear it, you'll want to text it to 95819. Now, something I want to be super clear about, even today, even with the last of the keywords, it's not a first in and win deal. So if you're driving, especially considering the weather we got inbound, don't screw around with your phone. Wait until you get parked. You got a couple of minutes. It's not going to hurt your chances. But when you are safely parked or, I don't know, out of the car maybe. <laughs> or maybe your passenger's doing it for you. Maybe you're, There you go. Your passenger could do it for you. Uh, you'll text that national keyword to 95819. And uh, you could win a trip for two to Las Vegas, including airfare, a two-night stay at the Fountain Blue Las Vegas, the newest luxury resort and casino on the Strip, food credit, of course, and two tickets to the Fountain Blue Las Vegas Big Game Viewing Party. And again, you will find all the contest rules and details at kmjnow.com. But that final national keyword uh, hits this afternoon at 5.05. That's got to be a big one today. Not only is it the final round of the contest, but Northern California, all those Niner fans out there knowing that their team is going to the Super Bowl, it's got to be popular. Ooh, I wonder how many of the KGO refugees are tuning in to try and get in on this thing. I'm sure quite a few. All right. So, reminders on the way, 5.05 on the way. You're going to want to be here. Don't miss out on that thing. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. A couple of interesting court decisions affecting local cases that we'll talk about a little bit later in the hour. But this was um, this was an interesting move by Tyler Maxwell and uh, City Attorney Andrew Jans. They're pushing for a dedicated division of the city government to focus on prosecuting wage theft throughout the city of Fresno. Now, wage theft means employers who fail to pay for overtime, employers who don't provide required breaks, not paying at least the minimum wage, misclassifying people as independent contractors, bouncing paychecks, unauthorized deductions from your pay. Uh, there's, There's quite a bit that counts as wage theft. And while the state is supposed to deal with this stuff, clearly there's a perception that there is a need 
in the city of Fresno to have manpower to deal with this. Or a political opportunity. Possibly. Um, likely. Are either of them up for election? I won't add Jans isn't. Um, well, not now, but, uh, you know, and I don't know Jans, but I, th- I think we're going to see him run again at some point. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you completely. I mean, he, he took a crack at Devin Nunes' seat. He took a crack at the mayor's office. Um, but city attorney is a good spot for him. I know he's got ambitions for bigger things, uh, but when it, when it comes to kind of a prosecutorial approach, it is a good fit for the man. Uh, I wouldn't argue that. But to me, the, with a, a guy here with a business background looks at this and says, this is more politics than it is practicality. This is more politicians making it look like they're actually doing something when when these bases are already well covered for for example being paid less than the minimum wage per hour i mean how many examples of that actually come up okay maybe in the ag industry okay you you when you have a lot of temporary employees may maybe maybe uh, that's that's an area of employment where that is abused. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll acquiesce or acquiesce to that possibility. Oh, see, I, I think that, I mean, just based on my own experience, I, I've seen it in outside sales. I've seen it in construction. I've seen it, of course, in agriculture. Uh, I've heard, I don't know how many horror stories from service industry folks, especially folks working in like a restaurant or bar type of environment. Uh, Mrs. Teresi, before she uh, finished up her degree, uh, she, she 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 worked as a pizza delivery driver forever, and she also spent some time working as a hostess and waitress at a steakhouse here in town. And uh, while she, uh, I never heard her talk about falling victim to it. The people in her circle talked about it happening at other jobs they had. So I, I, I think that one of the important parts of this is. The state of California gets first crack at these cases. If they cannot or will not move forward, then the city can take over and investigate and prosecute. Yeah, that's a that's a big if. To to, to me, it's it's more bureaucracy in the city of Fresno. Now, not to say that their their intentions aren't good. They they certainly are. And, and I and I will admit my own bias on this. My background is business. So when I, when I see something like this, my dander goes up a little bit. Well, and I think that that's because you're a good boss. And I'm not saying this to flatter. I'm I'm saying this because I worked for you, and I appre- I appreciate the differences between good bosses and bad bosses. Thank you. And you're a good boss. You, you would never have an employee working off the clock. You would never take hours off of somebody's clock because, you know, that shouldn't have taken you 90 minutes. It should have taken you 60. I, mean, I, never, I never heard anything like that. And, and, I mean, to be honest, none of the program directors that I've worked for, period, have pulled that kind of thing. But I think to a boss who would look at somebody doing that and say, no, that's not right. You don't do that. This comes off as overkill. Working in construction, oh, I don't think it's overkill. I think it's a backstop for for people who 
don't have the resources to lawyer up and chase their employer around for unpaid OT. Okay. Well, and, and I appreciate your take on that. I'm, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to take that lightly. I, I will also admit that most of the companies I've worked for, with the exception of one, have been big companies who yeah. ha- who have layers of corporate strata uh, that are on the local operations, like flies on stink over these kinds of things. Oh yeah, if you're working for a Fortune 500 company and a manager pulls something like this, the manager's toast. Yeah, there's, uh, well, even big companies, let's set aside Fortune 500, but even big companies with multiple operations, the, the, the punishment for violating any of these labor laws in California is, is so stringent, and, and particularly a large operation. No, no large company is going to take any chances with this. Local operator, you know, maybe a, you know, as you say, working construction, maybe a contractor with a, a you know, a few employees. Maybe it's more of a temptation. I guess that's plausible. I think that this, I think this is going to hit huge in the service industry. Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a couple of these these mobile sound concerns that go out and do like party nights and and karaoke nights at bars, mm-hmm. and the business model has been i mean predominantly not not as a, not as a slender minority but as just kind of the functional business model you've got somebody who's gone out and acquired equipment and made deals and you know brokered these arrangements and they want to go focus you know they realize oh i can get this guy or this gal who loves this scene to come out and work for fifty bucks plus tips plus you know a, you know an open tab, and this this party night or this theme night or this karaoke night is going to take care of itself. So I can charge the bar three hundred dollars per night for my sound system and the wink wink talent. I can pay the talent a total of a hundred dollars, put the other two hundred into my pocket for overhead and my own income. If everybody knows what's going on, I, I don't know that that's you know, a moral issue. But if you've got a half dozen people working for you, coming out and taking below minimum wage as independent contractors on a gig like that where they have no ability to negotiate the contract, they own none of the equipment, they are a, a in fact employee, they're getting ripped off. Yeah, the the independent contractor clause is oftentimes abused. Um, I could also see this happening in a sales job, like a commissioned sales oh, job. Yeah. The yeah, the chance for abuse there is is certainly prevalent. The part that I'm not clear on, and, and this this is where my suspicion is: this is a combination of good service to the community and an opportunity presenting itself. What's the backlog like at the state level? Because when, when we got into the pandemic and people started getting furloughed and laid off and all of that, it got to the point that Assemblyman Patterson's office started functioning as an EDD outreach clinic because all these people who were entitled to unemployment checks weren't able to get, weren't able to get acknowledged that they had filed, much less get a check in the mail. If the Department of Labor is in as bad a shape as EDD or DMV, 
which would not be a surprise, I don't think that this is completely without value. Yeah, good points. I've I've had a couple of times where I, I've needed uh, unemployment insurance, and and the state is not exactly Johnny on the spot. No, they, they take a long time getting those things rolling. So curious to see what the uh, city council ultimately arrives at. They'll talk about the policy at tomorrow's meeting. If it is approved, the prosecution team would be able to start on the 1st of April and workers would be able to start filing complaints by way of the city of Fresno's website. So we'll keep an eye on what comes out of council chambers to let you guys know whether or not this policy moves forward. I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I want to hear more details. And chief amongst those is what is the backlog for the state of California to deal with these complaints? Good point. Now, when we get back, we've got a little uh, palace intrigue between City Hall and the State House, a lawsuit between a city councilman and an assembly member is moving forward after a judge overturned on appeal an anti-slap ruling that might have killed the case. We'll talk about Carbasi v. Soria. In just a minute on KMJ. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Afternoon Drive on KMJ at kmjnow.com or wherever you stream. That's uh, Philip Teresi. My name is E. Curtis Johnson. San Joaquin Valley Sun is reporting that a motion to strike down a lawsuit uh, filed uh, by Fresno City Councilman Mike Carbasi against Assemblymember Esmeralda Soria has been vacated. Uh, The 5th District Court of Appeal uh, yesterday issued a ruling striking the anti-slap ruling that uh, Soria had won against Carbasi uh, to throw out their lawsuit over some campaign mailers. The story goes back a couple of years ago. Carbasi and Soria had, of course, served together on the Fresno City Council. They ran against each other uh, in an assembly district race. Uh, Soria ended up advancing to the general election and winning uh, but before that, uh, that primary, uh, she issued a double-sided campaign mailer uh, to some of the voters that highlighted Carbasi's taxpayer money expenditures and his uh, alleged hiring of an, a consultant who had been found guilty of assault against a college student. Uh, the mailers actually had Carbasi's picture next to the statements, guilty of battery against a student, arrested and cited for assault and battery of a 19-year-old female student, and uh, that was that wrong? Yes, it touched off uh, a big debate. Carbasi filed a lawsuit against Soria, uh, but it was thrown out when Soria filed an anti-slap motion. So the appellate court has now sided with Carbasi on the issue uh, with the consultant statement claim. Uh, Carbasi had argued that no reasonable reader uh, would take the criminal allegations referring to him seriously. So this is, uh, this is a hot one here. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased to see this moving forward. While there is an argument to be made that when taken in full, you have a defensible layout. 
look, y'all know that people aren't reading deep into these things. They're going to see a face. They're going to see these big, bold pull quotes, and that's what stays in their head. They're not flipping it over and reading the five-point font on the backside that explains that this was in reference to a guy who worked for a guy whose picture's on the other side and that Carbasi has never been accused of anything like this and and you know the, the, the staffer who was found to have been involved in this has been cut loose. No, none of that gets read. You just get three pull quotes and Mike Carbasi's face. Yeah, it's natural someone would defend themselves. One of the things that I think contributed to this is Soria's attorneys argued that the plaintiff's interpretation only makes sense if the side with Carbasi's photo is read in isolation. They say that the mailer made it very clear that Carbasi's conduct was in paying the consultant, not that Carbasi committed the crime. But the appellate court found that the mailer does not make it very clear that the criminal allegations refer solely to the consultant. And Carbasi has demonstrated that his complaint has the requisite minimum merit to move forward against the anti-slap motion. So the ruling ultimately says, we believe the fact that the average readers actually understood the mailer in a defamatory matter is circumstantially relevant to Soria's state of mind in publishing the mailer, i.e. it is evidence that Soria intended some readers to misattribute a confession and criminal conduct to Carbasi. The ruling goes on to say there's no doubt that Soria knew that Carbasi had not committed a crime, but nonetheless permitted the mailer in this exact format. Politics. These things happen. This is this is beyond politics because you, you and this is this is one of those things, and we're starting to hear it in some of these congressional campaigns now, where you take things that are tangentially relevant, you take information out of context you take quotes and place them in a vacuum and you use them to paint your opponent as being some kind of un-american monster i know that that has become part of the political process i want to evaluate my candidates based on the policies that they support and their track record to date and the, the, the perpetual negativity, and this is, this is not a Soria thing, this is a American politics thing. The perpetual negativity has gotten worse, it has gotten more divisive, it has incited people to violence in some cases. To say that there is an argument of an intent to defame here, there is no reason why they shouldn't be able to move forward. One thing it is not is a lawsuit intended to cool public participation. Soria won the assembly race. Yeah, that part's decided. But is it fair to say, just in general, that that in a hot and heavy race, uh, American politics has reached the point where um, if there is even the slightest implication that uh, you know opponent A um, is in in association with a bad character 
that opponent B is going to point that out sometimes without really getting down to the facts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, throwing mud is is unfortunately permanently a part of these political contests. And I don't know, am I guilty because I do stuff like point out that Dan, that uh, uh, Danny Salas down in uh, Kern County was setting up dating profiles where he lied about his age or that he couldn't answer a simple question about misusing materials from his assembly campaign to promote the launch of his congressional campaign. They're both statements of fact. Is it mudslinging or is it observing the behavior of the candidate? Boy, that's a fine line these days. And oh, look at the time. On the other side, we've got a couple other stories to get to, but I actually have a second anti-slap lawsuit that revolves around, uh, this time, the Fresno Unified School Board and a podcast, a dubious claim, and a coach who would not put up with it. We'll talk about the other anti-slap ruling in local politics after an update of headlines with Liz Kern in the KMJ Newsroom. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Rolling through your 2 o'clock hour on KMJ. E. Curtis Johnson's over there. I'm Philip Teresi. And we go from uh, one anti-anti-slap ruling to another anti-anti-slap ruling. Uh, This time, uh, in the case of Bullard High, uh, one-time head football coach, still instructor Don Arax, and Fresno Unified School District trustee Keisha Thomas. So back in May of 2022, Trustee Thomas sat for a uh, podcast, an interview with GV Wire. And in the course of the interview, Trustee Thomas claimed that Don Arax, the the then head coach of Bullard High Football, had called her sons the N-word. This is clear back in 2022. This is back in 2020. This has been, unfortunately, an ongoing thing. Coach Arax flatly denied it. But Trustee Thomas has doubled down and held on to the claim that this is, this is gospel truth. Compounding this, there was actually a follow-up article by GV Wire that republished Trustee Thomas's comments from the May 17 podcast interview. The additional claim made by Trustee Thomas for the May 20 article was that Don Arax was completely unfit to participate in a discussion regarding racism in Fresno Unified School District. That's, that's pretty blunt. Needless to say, Coach Arax went ahead and filed a defamation suit. Now, this is, this is where, it, it, for me, it, it took an interesting turn because I met Coach as all of these developments were occurring. 
I had bumped into him out at dinner. We just we just happened to be sitting next to each other. And I introduced myself to him because he and a couple of his friends were, in part, talking about what was going on here. And I didn't want to sit next to the guy and let him carry on like nobody was listening because, look, I do what I do for a living and I, I, I just I just don't need that bad juju in my life. Yeah, no, you're being a gentleman and responsible. And um, I learned a couple of things. One, I learned that Don Arax is a good dude. I also learned that Coach likes Skip more than he likes me. Well. <laughs> First thing out of his mouth. Oh, yeah, I listen to you guys. I like Skip a lot. Uh, yeah, that happens. <laughs> uh, but but I've, I've gotten to know Don Arax a little bit. And once I got to know him well enough to just be blunt, I asked him the question. I said, Coach, did you say it? His response was passionate and logical. And he he made the point very clearly that he personally finds such language disgusting. And he would not talk that way to a stranger on the street, much less a child whose care he has been entrusted with. He also made the, the point further that as a football coach, as a head football coach, it would be career suicide to talk to black kids or any other race that way because it's 2023, everybody's got a phone. And if you don't think that that will circulate in the football community, you're an idiot. He couldn't do his job if he was talking to kids this way. But again, the, f- the first thing out of his mouth was he finds the language disgusting and offensive and it horrifies him and he doesn't talk to people that way. Then there's the logical follow-up of, and I've got a paycheck to defend also. They, they, this almost got dismissed with an anti-slap ruling. But it, it, I just learned that that anti-slap ruling has been overturned on appeal and the Don Arax versus Keisha Thomas and FUSD lawsuit is going to go forward. Mm. Now, what has complicated this story in, in the interim Don Arax is no longer the head football coach at Bullard High School. Fresno Unified reasonably asserting that they can't discuss employee matters, they can't discuss personnel decisions with the public, has not commented on it. But he's still a teacher there, correct? He is still a teacher there, but he's no longer the head football coach. And this is something that they did mid-season, no advanced warning to the students, no advanced warning to Coach Arax. I have not sat down and reviewed the information because Coach has an attorney, and it's not me. But I am curious to learn if in the discovery process, the fact that his lawsuit has continued contributed to him being removed from the head coach position. Because Don Arax was not a nobody. Don has run a good football program in the Central Valley for 20-plus years. Most of it at Bullard High. Fresno Unified is still, as far as I know, on the hook 
because of the assertion that Keisha Thomas, as trustee, was in part speaking as trustee. Yeah, if she if she's the voice for that body, that that um, brings the that body into the lawsuit. What's interesting is Fresno Unified in the past, when they have claimed that there is a line between the official capacity of the individual and the district, they have declined to be involved other than to extricate themselves from a lawsuit when necessary. That means that Michelle Asadorian has had to cover her own defense when confronted with litigation. Larry Moore has had to cover his own defense when confronted with litigation. Valerie Davis, Terry Sladek, the district's given them nothing. Fresno Unified School District is covering Keisha Thomas's legal expenses on this. Ooh, that's interesting. So you've got a judge who has seen reason. Don Arax isn't suing Keisha Thomas because of some political agenda. Don Arax is suing Keisha Thomas because she went on a podcast, made a point of speaking as a trustee of the Fresno Unified School District, and then claimed falsely that Don Arax was throwing racial epithets at the children in his care. Am I reading too much into this to say that if there was any proof of the accusation Um, that a teacher in that position would have been removed from their position? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the fact that that he's still a teacher uh, potentially points to the fact that there's no evidence to the claim. Well, it certainly calls into question the existence of any evidence, doesn't it? You know, again, they they, got to go to trial on this thing. Both sides get to get to do get to do what they do with discovery. What I know is that coach looked me in the face and and as two men in the world told me plainly, didn't say it, wouldn't say it, that's a lie. Well, that's a definitive answer. I believe coach. I don't think that Don Erex talks to people like that. Do I think that he can get spicy? Do I think that, that he can get animated? He was a head football coach. Duh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes spice does go with the territory. <laughs> it's about as close as you can get to experiencing a drill instructor without going to maps. So this lawsuit's going to go forward, and that is a good thing because you absolutely cannot have a school district and a trustee of a school district making allegations like this, unproven allegations of something that is so utterly socially unacceptable that if evidence were presented, it would result in immediate dismissal. I mean, you teach, and you teach a private Bible study that everybody who appears at is there voluntarily. I know you would never talk to somebody like this. I know that you would never call somebody a racist name. Never. If your congregation was presented video of you using this language, would it be seconds or minutes before you were thanked for your service and shown the door? Seconds. Yes. And again, that's a 
unpaid voluntary position in a private concern with students who are there electively. Yeah, light speed removal. A teacher thrown around the N-word in 2022 would be fired so fast with cause there wouldn't be a moment of question. The fact that Fresno Unified is paying for Trustee Thomas's defense in this mystifies me. Well, what one could argue that it's about uh, mitigating their own losses uh, b- because the the district may be on the hook for that. So it's it, potentially it's not only the district defending the accused, but the district itself. If I was an attorney, and Fresno Unified has bunches and bunches of attorneys, guys. That, that dirty secret about Fresno Unified, they go out and set up contracts with attorneys specifically so that there will be um, conflict of interests if anybody tries to sue them here in town. Well, that's interesting. Did you know that's a strategy? No, I did oh, not yeah. know that. No, you go out and you engage with a different attorney on every little thing that you've got to do. So that way, if somebody comes in and says, hey, Fresno Unified did X, Y, and Z, the attorney has to say, yeah, I've had him as a client. Conflict of interest, I can't handle you. My gosh. The Fresno Unified School District should have disavowed the trustees' comments and, and done everything that it could to segregate itself from these claims. Instead, they're in lockstep. And there's no evidence that Don Arax has said that to a child because Don Arax never said that to a child. Now, he's not the head coach at Bullard High anymore. I think that I think that the fact that he was blown out from the head coach coach position the way that he was contributed to the reversal of the anti-slap ruling because I think it's become increasingly clear that this district is not supporting their teachers in favor of defending a trustee. That's a, that's a strong argument, my friend. Very strong argument. More details to come on this, I am sure. And uh, should uh, counsel permit it, I, I'm hoping to get Coach in here to talk about this case and uh, what what exactly he's looking for. I, I'm I'm under the impression that it really comes down to an apology. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, I played for Donnie at Bullard, and uh, yeah, never in a million years would he say something like that. That lady's a liar. The whole thing is trash. I'm glad he's good. Hope he wins. It's the afternoon drive here on KMJ at kmjnow.com or wherever you stream. That's uh, Philip I'm E. If you just joined us, we've been talking about um, what appears to be really blatant false allegations made against a coach uh, in the Fresno Unified, uh, Coach Arax at Ed Bullard. Uh, we got a caller on the line here, Mark. What's uh, what's your take on this? Yeah, I I uh, thanks first first of all thanks for taking my call. But um, I know Donnie pretty well. I worked with him uh, as a teacher for many years at Bullard. Uh, I was part of his staff 
for a few years. Um, spent a lot of social time with him, golfing, drinking, and Donnie does use colorful language, but that's not one of them. I've never heard that come out of his mouth. Never. And I would be shocked if it did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, coach off the clock, he'll talk like any other red-blooded American male, but Don's not a racist, and he doesn't say racist stuff. Well, and and no, he doesn't. And when when is colorful language coming from a football coach news? It it, it kind of I've said this with, with a snicker, but it kind of goes with the territory a little bit. But there's there's a far cry from colorful language uh, from racial epitaphs. Exactly, I couldn't agree with you more. But I just this is so wrong to attack, and and Donnie's not perfect. None of us are, but he is definitely. Not a racist, I will tell you that, especially as an Armenian who has suffered on the other end of racism um, growing up. So he's, he, he, like I said, I'd just be shocked if he had ever used that word before. Mark, I appreciate the call. I'm sure that Don appreciates the support. We're up against the clock, so I got to cut you loose, but I, I do appreciate you checking in, man. More on Arax versus Keisha Thomas and the Fresno Unified School District to come, I am sure. We've got an update of headlines on the way with Jim Miller in the KMJ Newsroom. When we get back, we're going to talk about Biden. He's got a plan to respond to the attack in Jordan that cost American service members their lives. And the director of the FBI is issuing a grim warning about a Chinese hacking threat. All that is on the way. E. Curtis Johnson and Philip Teresi on KMJ. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 